0: Produced with podcasting gear from TASCAM, including the TASCAM Mini Studio. Trust your audio to
1: TASCAM
0: Sound Thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation.
1: Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up the fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join We be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a Freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left. Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the dashing duo. It is Derek and myself, Mike. How's it going? All right. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to preface now. No Mighty Marvel Geeks this week uh, because of storms. Uh, Wookie Radio ends up being a really good episode with uh, JTC and Steven giving us con recap. I think we're going to cover more news next week on it. Um I think I think we weren't surprised on on some things and surprised on other things. Sound about right? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> um let's see. Uh check out the homepage as you can. Uh down the right hand side is our affiliates. Uh Heroes and Villains and Found Me are got some great stuff. Heroes and Villains, if you check it out, the the celebration exclusive TIE Fighter collection is on the site as long along with a X-wing collection stuff looks sweet, absolutely sweet. Plus two, they got the Sons of Batman and Hellfire Club, and of course the indoor and storyboard collections that have already been out for a while. Which we have, mm. this, we have stuff from the indoor collection, which I really like. Yeah, there are there are a few things in the in the other. I would almost I would I would almost love to get the Tie Fighter backpack so I have something for work and leave my indoor backpack for like travel and conventions. <laughs> that's just me. Um also to check out the other affiliates loot crate which who knows when they're shipping out that Star Wars loot crate. Um fan chest uh let's see f- fan chest uh red bubble, ripped apparel, superhero stuff. Um, of course our own store uh where we got some nice stuff coming. Um, working on some Mandalorian armor baseball jerseys, for Wookiee radio. Hmm. Uh, Boba Fett and the Mandalorian colored armor. Um May be suited to do uh, a Sabine look, maybe for and Bo for the women quite possibly. Um, Interesting. Let's see where uh, new Spider-Man baseball jersey coming soon. I believe the Spider-Man hockey jersey is up. I think I'm thinking once Spider-Man homecoming comes out may take it easy on the hockey jerseys. Just leave the the main the main three just the generic three and no specialty shirts for the moment. So but um, other than that I don't have anything else that takes care of the business side of things. So no News. A little shocked to hear this, but you know, I'm not really surprised. Swamp Thing. Can't wait for this to drop, which I think drops in May. Um, according to a news outlet in Wilmington, North Carolina, crew members on DC Swamp Thing were informed that they will be wrapping things up a bit early. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, while originally scheduled to film 13 episodes through May, the show will now wrap in just 10 with a new ending currently being written. Uh, the the news channel also is saying that the WB may sh- be shutting down production early to evaluate the future of the DC streaming service. Mm. This does this does seem like speculation, though. We've reached out to WB for comment. It's unclear how this affects other DC Universe shows in production. Uh, this is from Geeks Worldwide. Is this the group that had to make the apology? What apology? To uh, oh, I forgot who it was for for spreading the fa- false news that we that we laughed at. <sighs> I don't remember now. I don't either. <laughs> anyway, um, this sounds interesting. For one, um, to to reevaluate the DC universe is this all because of what Disney Plus has announced that has coming? Hmm, you think it's a little reactionary though? I think it may be. Well, we. T- we talked about last week, uh whatchamacallit, the uh shows. Yeah, you know, what all is on um on their stuff. Right. And like <laughs> you know, what do you do? It's gonna be good. It, it's gonna be interesting, yeah. So um yeah, it makes it intriguing. Makes it intriguing. Indeed it does. So seems seems kind of
0: soon though. I mean, they haven't been out that long, the DC universe. No, it hasn't even been
1: a year yet with them. Maybe you could, I don't know, give them a chance, maybe? I mean, well, well, look at what we talked about last week. Live action films. They have five. And the last one was from, I mean, we go back as early as what, '74, uh, And <laughs> we go as late as oh, whenever Batman and Robin came out in the 90s. Mm. That was what, 97? Yeah, something like that. 97, 98? Mm. I mean, come on. I, it's something's fishy. I mean, I, I like the animation stuff they have on there. Yes. They finally have the other, the other stuff, you know, with the, you know, bring them back young justice, the the Titan series, uh, doom patrol, which I'm loving doom patrol. Um, it's, but it's like most of their movies is the animated stuff. The specials are cool, but it's, you when you look at Disney, they're putting out original content. They're going to have current movies on the service. I mean, essentially, it will be closer to Netflix than what Disney, uh, DC Universe is. True. So, I mean, you oh. <sighs> Should they reevaluate? Yes. Should they get Justice League, Batman, Heart, Superman, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, the Nolan movies, the um Christopher Christopher Reeves movies up? Yes. If there's been a DC movie, you need to get them up. Put up the the two ser- Batman serials from the 40s.
0: Well, I would I would figure they would eventually get to all of that. But I mean, if you throw everything up at once, then what do you have to look forward
1: to? Right. But I mean, they have stuff that they haven't been putting up. So but the other
0: thing is, realistically, they can't compete with the Disney with Disney Plus because it's it's the DC Universe app is just DC. So if you're not a big DC fan, then like me, I'm not a huge DC fan. I like DC a little but not not enough to want to buy the app. But the Disney Plus app, you've got Disney, you've got Pixar, you've got Marvel,
1: you've got Star Wars, you've got yep. now you've National Geographic. So okay, so I, let me pose this question then. At this point in time, should it be that uh should it be that, um, whatchamacallit, they just need to fold DC Universe, make DC Universe Marvel Unlimited and keep it comics only and move all the other stuff over as a major category like Marvel on the Warner Media streaming service that's coming?
0: I would say yes, because. I- <sighs> I mean, it's cool that they have all the comics and stuff, but, like, like I have a friend who who watches all the DC stuff, but he hasn't touched any of the comics, so. So doing Doing the comics feels weird, having that on TV. Yeah, right, yeah. So, I would say that would probably be a good idea to do. Like Marvel, uh, Marvel Unlimited for the comics, like you said, and then yes, have Warner Brothers um, turn that into a channel on the Warner Brothers service because they're planning on doing a uh, their own service for yep. Warner Brothers. So why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you connect DC right to that? I agree. I think it's. A, I, th- I think for them, it would be a better business decision. Yeah, I think so. I absolutely think so. And then, and then, there's more of a possibility of, say, somebody like me who, I'm, I don't have an interest in just getting the DC app. But if it was a part of the greater, a greater Warner Brothers app, I might be more interested in that. Yeah there's more options
1: that way too yes yes i agree i agree wholeheartedly um now there is more in regards to swamp thing we got a new trailer interesting uh with all the speculation and everything, we finally have our first look at footage from the show and when you play the trailer you see zooming in on a swamp and then you see something rise. You, know, you, you see a pan across to another little murky section that's kind of foggy. And then something rises out of the water. You see some bubbling. I'm trying to describe this as you're watching. You know, it's bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And then you just see this mossy patch rise. I will say the look of this swamp thing blows away the movie swamp thing. This thing looks awesome. Well, I would hope so, given that it's, you know, a few years later. Yeah. So I guess my question is, have you seen the trailer? I am watching it right now. See what I mean? Uh, let me know when you get to yep. things. Sure. I mean, the older one looked decent. Adrian, Bar- right. Adrian yeah. Bardot was even better, but wow. <laughs> that's, just, that's just our teenage hormones, region. Um <laughs> No, he looks good. Yeah, I mean I mean to to capture a look from the comics. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. This look Should- this look Really good. Um, now the teaser is not spoiler heavy. It just gives us a atmospheric look at the swamp, uh, and showcasing Thingster himself. Um, now it's it's a human story, says James Wan, who is executive producing the series and was the Aquaman director. Uh, it's basically a Beauty and the Beast type story. It's about a guy struggling to find his humanity as he transforms and, become, and becomes more and more of a monster. So, uh, the cast of the swamp. Thing will include Kevin Durand as... Floronic Man, Henderson mm-hmm. Wade as Matt Cable, Maria Sten as Liz Tremaine, Gerald Prescott as Madame, Madame Xanadu, Ian Zering as Blue Devil. That's interesting. That is interesting. Will Patton as General Sunderland, and Virginia Madsen as Maria Su- Sunderland. Oh, they're putting some interesting characters in there. Yep. Blue Devil,
0: Madame Xanadu. Very interesting. Yep. Floronic Man.
1: F- yeah. Um, because uh, they continue on with, uh, we always set out to make Swamp Thing as hard R as, we, as we could and go graphic with the violence, with adult themes and make it as scary as possible. Co-showrunner Gary Dobberman explained, uh, because we're doing it through the DC streaming service, they really pushed us, although they didn't have to push that hard for us to go as extreme as we could. We really took our inspiration from the Alan Moore run in Swamp Thing. Of course. Okay, so so, knowing that they're inspired, well, how will Alan Moore critique this? <laughs> it's not your stories. It's inspired by Alan. So, calm down. Uh, you probably won't even bother watching it. Um, this landmark, I think, Ron, fans of the series will know it gets pretty weird, extreme, and scary. We want to live up to that standard that Moore set back in the 80s. I will say, yeah, Moore's, I read Moore's run, A Swamp Thing, off and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was some. That was some great stuff. I have read some of it. I haven't read a lot, but I read. I, I, I read, like I said, I read stories off and on, and it was great. It, like it's, it's some great stuff. Yeah, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing's a difficult character. Um,
0: he's really. I, I I really like Swamp Thing. He's one of my favorites, but he he can be a difficult character to do stories for if you don't really. If you don't really, if you don't really understand right what you're doing with the character, I, I think I that's
1: mean, why the first movie worked, but the second movie kind of fell flat. Uh, that's just me, and hey, I'm willing to admit I could be wrong. No, I think that's probably a, a generally accepted. I mean, I, uh, I liked both movies. Uh, don't get me wrong. It, it's i i just i thought the second movie felt a little flat that's all it's been a long time since i've seen those yeah i'm not even sure how much of it i remember i i need to watch them again mm. so um but we could talk about something that we won't be watching again uh, well <sighs> More
0: sad news for those of you who, like me, are fans of the Fox show The Gifted, which is based in the X-Men universe, um, and they, they, they've they had two seasons, and uh, I've been really enjoying the show. But unfortunately, it looks like it has been canceled. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, According to a new update from the Hollywood Reporter – Fox has decided not to renew the gifted for a third season. This is the show is among the first of cancellations for the newly independent Fox entertainment network alongside freshman comedy series. *Rel*. I have no idea. I never heard of that one. I haven't either. Um, both shows are made by 20th century Fox television, which as you may know now exists under the Disney umbrella after the company's historic purchase Oh, Fox and all of their properties. So, The Gifted started in 2017, and it's based around the Strucker family, um, who whose children learn that they have mutant abilities, and this kind of tears their life apart as they are hunted and uh, forced to join the mutant underground. And uh, they end up getting in, involved into a war that They were not expecting... Uh, But I've really been enjoying the show. They've had a couple of... uh it's the x, the x men in this show have disappeared though they never explained quite how mm. um which i which is kind of interesting and there was uh there there's a 9 um, nine eleven esque reference uh i believe it was the, it's July fifteenth in their universe where some some big thing happened with the mutants that killed a lot of people, so mutants are hunted. <laughs> Um, hence, you have the Mutant Underground, and um, I don't know. It's just it's a good show. It's, it it was a good show. <laughs> it was really, it was really interesting. But wait, the end might not be near, possibly, because um, although the Gifted is currently on hold for now, Deadline has said that there is a chance in quotation marks a chance that the series could find a new home within the Disney family, perhaps on Freeform or Hulu uh, that'd be cool that would be cool that'd be very cool um and uh unfortunately season two uh ended on a big cliffhanger and um you know they were expecting to come back for a season three so now we'll never know what happens oh no <laughs> um but yeah it so they had a big season finale and um you know we were all hoping for a season three it was kind of eh, it was kind of a given we thought but I I did I'm not I'm disappointed but not 100% surprised because as soon as Disney bought Fox, you kind of you got to kind of start thinking about what's going to happen to some of these properties.
1: Well, I guess let me pose this question then. How would it be if they let this go, which they're doing, and they bring it back and make it part of the MCU like Cloak and Dagger, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so to speak, like the Netflix shows, like the runways. I would be totally cool with that. and, And just redo do it and, and tie it into the MCU on the mutants side of things. Now that we've got the superhuman, well, now that we got the Avengers verse, the cosmic verse, the mystical verse. Right. Now tie in the mutant verse. I like it. Just a thought. I like it. I like it. Does, I would it, like to, does ha- it work? Um,
0: You might have to make a couple of changes here and there, but I think you could definitely
1: make it work. Okay. Why not? This is why we do this show. (laughs) We tell each other, yeah, that's a good idea, or no, you're stupid. Well, no, we don't say you're stupid. It's like, yeah, no. Let's rethink this. Yeah. And fix it. I think I've only had one stupid thought, really stupid thought on this show. (laughs) And we Uh, won't go there. So I guess this comes back to me, right? Yes, it does. uh, Ah, yes. Unless you you have more. Nope, that's all I got. All right. Well, the Russo brothers are reportedly working on and I think this is great and I think they're the perfect team for it, a Stan Lee documentary. Yes. Now, before we go further with Stan Lee, you have Hulu, right? Yes. Have you watched Batman and Bill? The Bill Finger story? No, I have not. Dude, you need to watch it. I will ask to. Um, I actually interviewed at a convention. I did. I hosted a panel with Athena finger. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was fun. I need to try and get yeah. her on the show. Um, Joe and Anthony Russo. Um, of course, you know, them from arrested development and community and those small indep- independent films like, uh, Captain America, winter soldier and civil war and infinity war. And that very low budget independent called Avengers In game. Uh, Um, I'm going to have to check those out. I hear these guys may be some sort of decent filmmakers outside of their TV career. Hmm, Fascinating. Um, The duo is reportedly looking towards other projects, including one on Stan Lee. Quote from... Anthony is. We love Stanley, and I think it's incredibly special that Endgame will be his final cameo. We are fascinated by the life of Stanley, and are actually developing a little something that has to do with his work in the history of Marvel. Uh, but we are not ready per- to present it or talk about it yet. It's more of a documentary. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. And I think when we talked about this before show, we said yes, please. Mm. You know, I got I need to work on um, the Patreon for the three shows because I think may start recording a pre-show make it exclusive content <laughs> on Patreon which could be yours for two dollars I want my two dollars I want my two dollars <laughs> do you know the street street value of this mountain um Given the scope of Lee's contributions, uh, it is unclear whether this would be a feature film or a series. You no, know, I think with what they could do with Stan Lee, I would say six part series on AMC. Mm, I like it. Or a six part series on Disney Plus. Yeah, that would be perfect. So, uh beginning with the X-Men in 2000, Lee has had a cameo in nearly every Marvel film, including Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Lee passed away uh, November of last year, though his involvement with Marvel allowed post-humorous cameos in Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, Captain Marvel, and Endgame. Um, this was the final cameo that was committed to film, uh, Joe Russo said. Uh, it was always, again, I grew up as a Marvel fan and watching Spider-Man cartoon show as a kid with his voice in it. I think anything that affects you as a child really affects you as an adult. Six with yeah. you. So when when he would come on set, we hear his voice, it's sort of that Pavlonian way where you just become a child again. The whole crew would be like would be like that. People were always well all these movie stars on set every day and then Stan would show up and it would just it was just like people were kids all over again. So <clears throat> I say yes please. Ah Definitely, definitely. I I would love to see a documentary about Stanley Lieberman, a.k.a. Mm. Stanley. Yes, indeed. But wait, there's more. Ah, yes, indeed, there is. Now,
0: as you mentioned, sadly... With the passing of Stan Lee. Um, we're about to run out of cameos with his cameo and endgame being his last.
1: Well, apparently Dark Phoenix he I guess he was supposed to have a cameo and they're not. They're doing a tribute to Stan. Yes.
0: But here's an interesting little thing. Um in a recent uh round table conversation with Entertainment Weekly, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige uh had a little bit of of A little nugget of information to share about Stan Lee's cameos. To which he said, we've put a video together. I'm not sure when we're going to put it out in the home video window, probably. And we've never done this before. It is behind the scenes of every cameo Stan did. Oh wow. all, the, yeah, all the B-roll we shot and his stand-ups there. And his passing was very emotional to us, but it suddenly all came back to me last week when I was watching. Watching it. So there's a video they have planned of all of the behind the scenes of Stanley's cameos. How awesome would that be say as an after credit scene in Avengers Endgame perhaps?
1: Uh, that would be I sweet. think it's too soon. It might be too soon, but <clears throat> uh, okay, here's the question. Would it be a bonus on Captain Marvel or a bonus on Endgame Blu-ray release? Prob I would say that would probably be Endgame. I I would think it'd be more appropriate for it to be on Endgame.
0: Yeah. Still, that, that I would love to see that. That would be great. I wonder how
1: long it is. I wonder how much video they have. Well, considering 22 movies he did in the MCU, mm. plus the Eric Bana Hulk, yeah. plus at least the three, the, the, the original trilogy of X-Men two Deadpool movies the voice recording for Into the Spider-Verse mm. oh yeah it would be cool if they have like video of his recording that um uh, was he in the the newer I don't remember him in the newer um X-Men movies First Class, I don't remember. I don't think so. I'm not sure. I don't remember him in Days of Future Past. I don't remember him in Apocaflop. Yes, folks, I did say Apociflop. I don't know. I'm trying to wipe my memory of that movie, so. I mean, Oscar Isaacs did a great job as the character of Apocalypse. The makeup sucked. Yeah, but that wasn't even the worst part of the movie. <laughs> Um let's see where to start with that movie well the movie yeah so, um, so I'm assuming that hey, is that with the with that. How about this? Which I'm still trying to figure out how this is gonna happen. Um, we got lots of news about the first three MCU shows coming to the streaming service. We got Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and WandaVision. <laughs> which I like that one. How they made it one word. I don't know. That one's kind of weird. I, I can't wait to see the the, the title sequence for that. <laughs> It'll just be them watching TV. <laughs> that would that would be funny <laughs> uh-huh. um apparently we got discovered has been informed by a source that they're talking of a hulk she-hulk team up series interesting um And it's going to be closely tied to the movies with Mark Ruffalo expected to star, and the project will shift focus onto She-Hulk, as we're told that Ruffalo is almost done done in the Hulk role. No, it's not so. Throw more money at him. Um, If this info is on the money, it says a lot. It then tells us how Bruce Banner survives the events of Endgame. However, it sounds like Ruffalo's looking to bow out of the franchise sooner than later. On a happier note, fans have been waiting on uh, Jennifer Waters to appear for a long time. Now, when we talked about. Uh, and- The character's coming. She-Hulk was still under the rights. Okay, maybe if I look a little further in the story. Um, Fans have previously theorized Marvel might not have the total rights to use She-Hulk as Universal still holds some claim on the Hulk, which is why they've had no more solo films since 2010. Now, if the issue never existed, um, it seems to be sorted out. Otherwise, there's never been an opening for She-Hulk in the MCU until now. There's a lot of potential for... For She-Hulk series as the character could be taken of in various directions. Marvel could explore her status as a lawyer for superheroes and maybe go down a more procedural route or they could borrow a page from Deadpool's book and dive her into the fourth wall breaking tendencies from the comics. As we've said over Mighty Marvel Geeks, give her to Shoshonda Rhimes and let her be a new show on ABC. Shoshonda Rhimes? I know, but hey, this is where ABC, where Marvel might get, get some respect back on ABC if she has a show. Ugh, no way. I thought she hated superheroes anyway. Didn't she try to kill agents of Shield? Yep. This is why I said give her this. Ugh, no, she'll ruin it. <laughs> I am a She-Hulk fan. I do not want to see that happen. Hey, I was just trying to figure out compromise to turn her around. <laughs> anyway, see, it's not a stupid idea. It's just an idea Eric or Derek doesn't like. <laughs> no, I no, think separate. I think We're bring her. Like... I think bring her to the Disney Plus series. You know. Series Service would be great. Yeah, then be you awesome. then you can eventually make her part of the Young Avengers or New Avengers. However that they go about it after uh, after mm. Endgame's done, I mean, I'm sure we'll see some sort of new team introduced. Yeah, so, it could be. Good. But speaking of new a new team, someone's like an Ultimate Alliance. See what, see what I did there? I uh, uh, see what you did there. Oh, okay. What are you trying to say, man?
0: <laughs> there is a game coming out that i have been very excited about for quite some time now i've my co-host chris and i have talked about it on our show keepers of the fringe check that out kids and
1: we we don't we don't shamelessly plug our own show (laughs) our other shows on this show do we no that's why we keep it in the family sure (laughs) (laughs) But
0: uh, Yeah, so that game that I'm very excited about is Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. That's right, kids. are bringing back the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Uh, this game, before you get too excited, this game is uh, going to be exclusive to the Nintendo Switch, which makes me glad I have a Switch. And um, it finally has a release date. Now, uh, this is the first Ultimate Alliance game to come out since 2009's Ultimate Alliance 2. Ten- Years ago, which eh, wasn't as good as Ultimate Alliance One, but eh, they they de- they delved heavily into the Civil War storyline, and the way they split up the groups, kind of the characters, kind of made it less fun. But anyway, um, Ultimate Alliance Three: The Black Order is, according to a tweet from Nintendo of America. They said, the search for the Infinity Stones is on. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, the Black Order, comes exclusively to Nintendo Switch on 719. So, we're gonna see that in July. What? I'm gonna have to put in my pre-order for it now. I'm very excited for this game. I can't wait!
1: <laughs> well, how about this? Someone who had to wait, and I I'm not too thrilled about this. Again, I saw some something
0: about this but i i saw the headline but i didn't read it so i'm kind of curious to see what what the heck is going on yeah
1: we're talking a legend yes tv and comic legend indeed larry according to the headline from bleeding cool larry hammer denied guest privileges at philadelphia comic con what you talking about willis well let me tell you let me t- let me tell you
0: something. <laughs>
1: um, not bad, not bad. According to rich, rich Johnston, uh, owner, editor in chief, etc. of, uh, the, the top, the top person at bleeding cool. Um, he, this is his story. Uh, this is not the first time I've heard this kind of story. It will not be the last, but you never know it may happen. Maybe it might be happening a little less if common con organizers read this article and at least have the conversation. Uh, Ever since they've began, Comic-Cons have invited guests from other related disciplines, sci-fi novelists, actors, toy designers, software programmers, of late of late, some of those disciplines have towered over comic book guests, as stars of gestation screen have been known to draw the lines. You have even had Comic-Cons called Comic-Cons without a comic book or comic book creator appearing at all. That's what you would call a culture con. Mm-hmm. Entertainment. Uh, Now, while there's some delineation between guests they invite and facilities they provide, a green room is common for guests of a show to escape the pressures for a while, to get food and drink before returning to their adoring public. But sometimes there's a difference between that provided for a TV star and a comic book star. Sorry, that should not be the case. No. This is often hidden by intentional ignorance of one another's situation if a facility is known to be available and withdrawn from one guest in favor of another there can be issues and that just happened to larry (laughs) hammer Now, Who's Larry Hammer? For those of you who don't know, Larry Hammer is an American comic book writer, artist, actor, and musician. So he fits all those categories. Okay, um, he is the he he achieved most fame as a writer and editor for Marvel Comics, where he wrote the licensed comic book series GI Joe: A Real American Hero based huh? on the Hasbro toy line. He has also Written Wolverine, Inth Man, The Ultimate Ninja, Electra, and created the character Bucky O'Hare, which was developed into a comic book, a toy line, and a television cartoon. Yes, indeed. On top of that, had a couple of appearances on the show Mash that I know off the top of my head. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep. Oh. Uh, if you want to look up his IMDb, see what else he's done. Um, on his Facebook page, kindly choosing not to name the show he wrote i'm a guest at a con and i was denied access to the green room so at a comic con where my name and image is used for promotion i'm considered not important enough to sit at the same table as the third zombie from the left in episode seven Jeebus! all i want was a cup of coffee this may be heading down the road to show title. Uh later adding, now they've pissed now they're pissed at me for posting and demand that I take it down. But they are even less happy now. It turns out the delineation for guests was in a play and the show did not try or the it turns out the delineation for guests was in play and the show didn't did try to at least equalize that out. Now they're saying they're providing coffee in the geek squad room. I told them separate is never equal. No. <laughs> Neither is Splenda. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong equal. Mm. Um, And to one fan who's who stated that he came to Larry's table four times during the show, but did not find them. Hammer replied, I was probably walking around trying to get a cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) this is episode, Weeby Geeks episode 298. Get the man a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, maybe Larry Hama should have led his appearance for genuine, should have led his appearance for genu- genuine roles in Bash and Saturday Night Live, as well as appearing in the 1976 production of Stephen Sondheim's Pacific Overtures. Maybe that would have gotten him an earlier cup of coffee than having written S- Samuel G.I. Joe and Wolverine stories (laughs) as the comic as comic cons continue to grow and as the media they cover continue to increase it may be at least worthwhile for some shows to have conversation about some of their guests feeling they are second class after all fans may find it harder and harder to get to meet Hama and especially getting one of those comic books signed he also wrote I have arthritis bursitis macular degeneration and progressive hearing loss Hurts like hell to draw, to type, to play guitar, to practice iado, and and just about everything I love to do. Audio and visual issues make most of it moot eventually, but I have developed workarounds for just about everything and continue to plod on. But repetitiously signing my name on stacks of comics is something that gives me no pleasure at all, and I'm having to change my policies about signatures rather drastically. The final line: Get the man a damn cup of coffee, and maybe remember why. why the show is called a comic con after all. Now, here's an update. Um, this was from last Saturday when all this was being was happening. Um, con update. They're making a sincere effort at redemption. All the creator guests at Artist Alley have been given lunch vouchers, and the Geek Squad room has been stocked with coffee, sodas, and snacks. They have promised to fix the green room situation at future cons. We are cooled out as cooler heads prevailed. You know what? I think, I don't know if we've talked about this off air on other shows, Ever win a big enough jackpot, there will be Geekapalooza or something similar if Geekapalooza has already been taken. And it will be a Weeby Geeks LLC run convention. Hmm, I like it in which there's five of us across three shows that will be the main people of the show, main organizers. And we already know my ideas about cosplay with Cosplay Corner. <laughs> um, hey, I'm willing to put up a little, some stage right and make a little runway for cosplayers to do little photo shoots and make it feel like it's an ongoing costume contest that it's not. And, and let them have some glory time on a runway and have other cosplayers, these quote-unquote professional cosplayers who, if it, if Instagram didn't exist, I don't think they would exist in that capacity. But they could have their booths and they could offer critiques or help or workshops or whatever in that little corner. But they would have their own separate corner of the show on the exhibit floor. Period. Um, the uh, I would have the typical green room. That would be normal for media guests. You know what they're standard to. But for comic book creators? Hence why one of the main reasons why we'd be doing this show, to honor them as well, because without them, we wouldn't have a lot of the media stars that we have portraying their characters. Mm. Right? Yeah. Comic book creators' room, fully catered, double the size, massage tables available for them. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Yeah. That's going to be one that if, if we asked any comic creator, no, you don't typically do shows, but hey, here's what we've got planned for you guys we want you to come here i bet you they would say yes yeah you're probably right let let the celebrities have their coffee comic book creators would be catered starbucks
0: nah
1: whatever the top local java joint is that we set (laughs) up at that's that's what I would do. That's part of my thought. Let's comic book creators get into the, the low end of the deal. And you know what? I'm not going to put them in Artist Alley, you know, actual legit comic book creators that we're paying to bring in. I'm not going to put them on the exhibit floor, you know, intermixed between, oh, Joe Schmo's comic book shop and, oh, hey, look, this person's custom badgerama. No, they will get get their own section for people to line up at just like the media celebrities and just like cosplay corner because they deserve it they deserve to be separated and made to stand out just like the other celebrities that you're paying to bring into a show instead of saying oh here's your table set up here Point blank. That's the way I would do it. And I would give each one an eight foot table so they could set out their wares to so they could sell their books and whatnot. If they got time to do sketches, let them do sketches, etc. That's my thought. And I think that's I think this one show could eventually become a hell of a show. I just gotta win the lottery first. <laughs> yeah. So just gotta find that one central point between Ohio, Boston, Alabama, and Florida to do it. <laughs> sure. No problem. (laughs) Just got to figure out where that would be. Unless we just do it here in Orlando. As far as I'm, I mean, I have a venue here big enough to do it. One, the largest in the country. Yeah. So, anyway, I know I'm hitting that rant stage. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm sorry if you're a show and you're advertising a comic book guest, then you let them in the green room. That's what they're there for. Don't go. Oh, you got to go to Geek Squad where the staff is. Yeah, it's, I don't. I I don't understand it. Okay, so he was brought in as a comic book guest. Big whoop. Um, you, you've got his IMDB page pulled up. Mm-hmm. What, has, what has the gentleman done? As far as acting? Yes. Um, he was in G.I.
0: Joe, The Rise of Cobra, as a NATO, NATO general. Uncredited. Ooh, wow. Hey, good job. They put him in. He was in Missing Girl as Annoyed Guy, <laughs> which is a short film. Uh, he was in something called The Video. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live as a Vietnam Vietnamese soldier in 1979. He was in Pacific Overtures as Williams Live lord of the south that was a tv movie and of course he was in mash
1: as a uh north korean still, you want to talk about third zombie on the left? OK, fine. Larry Hammond qualifies just as much. Plus, pretty much created the majority. If you listen to our interview with uh, John Anderson last week, Larry Hammer pretty much created most of the file cards for the G.I. Joe char- uh, action figures. Mm-hmm. He also had a big part in creating those characters. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not talking, oh, he's a little Joe Schmoe comic book creator for some small independent. I mean, we're talking, this guy is essentially a God point blank. He's a, he's a God. He's a legend needs to be treated as such. And many, uh, in any comic book writer needs to be treated as a legend and as a star. It's it, It's all about you know. That's that's
0: what, uh, these conventions are for the comic books. That's what they're supposed to be for. Yeah. Unless it's like a sci-fi convention or something. Well,
1: this is this is what I like about C two E two. It, it's uh oh, I don't even remember what C two E two stands for. I'll tell you here in a second. Uh... Chicago, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Uh, oh, I get it. C2E2. Ah, it's cute. Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. They got it right. Point blank. They got it right. There's comic stuff. And there's entertainment stuff. Unlike San Diego Comic-Con, where comics is a lesser known concern. Just saying. So uh, do I get off my soapbox now? <laughs> I think so. Was that a soapbox worth being on? <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, it's, it's freaking Larry Hammer, and it, it, it's because of people like this, and the way shows and other people treat him is a reason. Is one of the main reasons why I'm, I'm sure. Besides his failing hearing, is why we can't get him as a guest on Mighty Marvel Geeks. You think? It's almost no. Eric asked him at at the Birmingham Comic Con or at some comic book convention recently about coming on. He said he just doesn't do podcasts anymore. Well, this is yeah. one of the main reasons why, huh. but I... <laughs> Personally, I don't know about a lot of other podcasts. But if you've listened to us, whether it's here, Wookie Radio, or or Mighty Marvel Geeks, we treat our guests with respect because we understand what they do and the jobs they have, and we thoroughly enjoy just having a casual conversation with them. Sure. And we we've ended up having some some developing slowly some good friendships with our guests because of it. I mean. Yeah, treat your people right and then come back sevenfold. Treat your people wrong and you got a world of hurt. Not saying, but I'm saying. Indeed. So, uh, any other stories?
0: Nope. <laughs>
1: But you know what? I, I was gonna make this a final thought, but I'm just gonna go ahead. I want in something positive. Legends of Tomorrow Showrunner shares an update on Bebo's season four status. You're like, well, what's Bebo? Remember season three when when Martin Stein was trying to get for his daughter this uh, this plush called Bebo, sort of like the Errol versus version of Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> um, well, Bebo has become a fan favorite and showed up several more times. Not. Just on Legends, but throughout the Arrowverse shows, uh, while it was typically just a background gag, Bebo has had more, a much more significant role in season in the season three finale, in which he was essentially brought to life by the Legends and cuddled the season's big bad to death. I'm surprised this thing hasn't been made. Okay, yeah, made into a plush and sold for real. It's probably coming. Yeah. Um. Apparently, uh, Klemmer, uh, Phil Climer, executive producer knew that Bebo was um, a fan favorite um, and he but he had rather keep it that way than spoil it uh, Bebo is like one of those species you really don't want to use too much you gotta wait for the special moment where you need to really make it pop can't promise anybody Bebo eventually yeah sure uh, we're in contra- we're in contract negotiations with this agent <laughs> uh, at the end of the season Bebo cuddled malice to death but that that was not the end of the magical threat uh that the time demon represented. In order to kill him once and for all, the legends had to open up the door to his cage, allowing dozens of other mystical and mythical creatures to bleed over from unreality into reality. The season has been a parade full of crazy, with Gary losing a nipple to a unicorn. <laughs> That was funny. Um, Zari spending quite a bit of time transformed into a cat and Nora Dark being framed for the murder of Nate's dad, Hank Haywood. That just happened. That's the episode I'm currently on. I, I've been recording them and I'm I'm trying to watch them as much as I can. So yeah. Bebo, get that man a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, um I'm now gonna ask. Final thoughts. I'm all thought out. <sighs> We're all thought out. Do you need a coffee? Uh, I think I do. Well, tough. We're going to handle Larry Hammer first. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if that's that, then there's only one thing left to be said. Want to know more?